Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast. What you're about to hear is a series of questions I asked a series of folks live at CISOXC, my favorite cybersecurity conference. I like it even more than I like Black Hat and RSA. It's technically a local Dallas-Fort Worth conference, but it is breaking out nationwide this year. Uh, More on that later. But what we've got is a series of questions from a lot of different folks in a lot of different roles in our industry. And I got some great answers. I had some great conversations, and I think y'all will enjoy it. Without further ado, here's the show. Welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast, recorded under the big blue skies of Texas, where one CISO explores the cybersecurity landscape with the help of friends and experts. Here's your host, Alan Alford, President and CISO at Alan Alford Consulting. All righty, talking to Dave Belanger, CISO at Bestow Insurance here at CISO XC Live. Dave, how are you? Good. I'm doing great. It's busy here, but it, it's fun. It is super busy, super crowded, but again, the awesome noise-canceling headsets for the win. These are great, yeah. Aren't these incredible? So here's my question for you. In your opinion, what is the most effective way to demonstrate and communicate security program progress to the board? Well, that is a good question. And <clears throat> the way that I do it that's been very successful is is breaking your program down into manageable chunks. Okay. So, um, you know, you have your, uh, your perimeter security, you have your access controls, you have um, BCDR. You, you list these things and you try to minimize, keep them, you know, to eight or ten different high-level English-type categories that yeah. can easily be explained. And then measure the maturity of those. So oh, nice. you, you know, when you come into a new company, and I just did this at Bestow, and I've done it at companies past, um, the first thing I do is, is go through and do a gap assessment on the entire program. Yeah, yeah. Um, once you have that information, you can lay it out in a, you know, in a chart that, that shows that progress of that maturity, and you could say these, you know, these particular areas are, are still very young and right. perhaps weak. Um, these are a little bit stronger, but here, you know, here's the goal: the optimized, uh, the optimized area of of maturity progress that we're aiming for. And that way, you know, as you report to them on a regular basis, you can demonstrate how those different areas are making progress towards your maturity goals. I love it. I love it. That's super simple, straightforward, easy, uh, plain language, not acronyms, not jibber jabber. And uh, kind of like based on, on both measurement and goals. I love it. That's super simple. I love it. It is super simple. Use, you can use colors. You can use a, you know, I base part of it off the CMMI. But yeah. um, a lot of what I do, I, I use those, those publicly available resources and then proprietize them um, and just kind of put my own, you know, my own color on them. I love it. Well, thank yep. you so much, Dave. You bet. Thanks for having me. Howdy. Who am I talking to today? Howdy. I love that. As a, I'm an Aggie, so I'm Tara Davis. I am the CEO of CyberOne Security. Right on. So CyberOne Security, you guys like to do more than just sell it, people. You guys like to be partners. So I'm going to ask you, how do you forge relationships with your customer to be a strategic advisor and not just a vendor? Yeah, so that is the goal and part of our core mission statement, actually. And one of the things that we do differently, I think, is just try to guide customers to what's right for them and Mm -hmm. not necessarily sell them anything. So we've been known to tell a customer not to buy something because they're not going to be able to take it to fruition. They don't have the staff to operationalize it. Okay. So that goes all the way back to honesty 
and transparency. If you have those two things, I think a customer can quickly see that we're trying to forge a partnership with them, right. not just sell them the next thing. So I the goal that. is to get in there and really build that relationship so that we can help you be successful inside the organization then you're going to trust us to take you to the next level. I love that. I love that. Honesty, transparency, and hey, this might not be a good fit right now. Right. Right. I love that. Well, right. thank you so much. Thank you. Great to meet you. Likewise. All righty. We're back again. Howdy, and thank you for joining me here at the Cyber Ranch. Who am I talking to? Uh, Andrew Woolen with Sempris. Yeah. All right. With Sempris. I may or may not have a really strong advisory relationship mm. with those guys. I love Sempris to death. Don't mind saying it on my show. They're not a sponsor. I just love them. So, so, Andrew, as a vendor, oh, we can hear the gongs in the background. I'm going to ask you, what do you wish CISOs knew about your side of the fence as the vendor? Well, you know, so, for example, we're here today at CISO XC, and there was a great conversation, you know, with Chris Roberts where he's talking about, you know, sometimes the lies that can be told with vendors. And I think I wish, honestly, sometimes that CISOs understood that there are still a lot of vendors out there today that genuinely see a need that they're trying to solve for that company, but it's like everybody's got their own set of rules for how to engage them in particularly. And they're all great sets of engagement as far as rules, or as I would call them rules of engagement, ex-military. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like I personally have to look people in the face and talk to them and see them. And so you know, it's like you know the bad relationship when you're dating, growing yeah. up, and you're like, I don't know if I trust anybody anymore. I wish more CISOs realized that you know, it, it's developing relationships is important and that's what we're doing on the vendor side of the house with our products but it also means trying to find places where they can be available and this is a great example of it here at CSUC, right being able to just have great conversations naturally um but you know i might still have to send an email i might still see something and want to reach out to you and it's like balancing that is very hard so i guess you know not trying to infringe and understand we're both people uh on both sides of the fence right like there are vendors of today that aren't trying to learn where you live and get into all your stuff. We're just trying to, you know, help you in the best way possible. So. I, I love that. I think that's great. It's it's about it's about partnership to me. And I every time I see the CISOs, my fellow CISOs being a little excessively edgy around vendors, I always have to remind them: without the vendors, we have nothing. Like it's it's a two-part community. They need us. We need them. Together, we're solving these problems. If there were no vendors, there'd be no products. If there were no products. You'd be trying to solve it all with people in process, and that ain't going to fly. Well, and I like being held accountable, too. I, I don't know that everybody does on the vendor side, but me personally, I think there are a lot of us out there that do like being held accountable to, okay, challenging me on things, right? I do think that's a healthy process from a CISO perspective to, to do that, and some of us aren't really necessarily afraid of answering those tough questions. So it's that's important, too, though, is just to know I agree those tough questions should be asked so that that way that starts that dialogue that's authentic, and that's... That's important to me, as you know, by the way. I like having those authentic conversations. So. I, I love that. And uh, of all the vendors that post on LinkedIn, honestly, you're one of the few I truly follow. Uh, I believe your content is original and fresh. And, uh, you know, you, you may have the Empress slant to some of your things you post, right? That fair, may be fair, there. fair. But, uh, but, but I truly see you reaching out to the community and trying to make it about the bigger picture of the bigger problems. And I always appreciate that about you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that comment and that compliment, I should say. So, um, And I actually just try to, you know, everybody goes, what do you get out of being on LinkedIn and obviously it's the networking but it is actually more about the community I can't say oh I definitely you know I see people here today and in other places and they go oh 
hi, Andrew. And it's like, oh, now I've now become somebody that you at least are willing to have a conversation with. Even though you know I'm a vendor, yeah. you're willing to come up and talk to me. And that's the rewarding part. Because you're that part. guy I've seen be smart on LinkedIn. Sure. Right. Well, yeah. Andrew, thanks so much for coming yeah. on down to the ranch. Absolutely. Howdy. And thanks for joining our uh, live Cyber Ranch podcast here at CISO XC. Uh, who are you? So I'm Fred Clayton uh, with uh, GI Alliance. With GI Alliance. Yeah. Uh, I've actually been a customer. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, that's good, I hope. True facts, true <laughs> facts. It is good. It is good. All right, so um, we're talking about a bunch of different CISO topics today, and specifically I wanted to talk a little bit about talent. What are you doing to develop talent in your teams? Well, it's, it's a good question, and um, we, we take the approach of, when we, when we onboard someone, you give them that 90 days and, and then they'll come meet with me and, and I'll ask them this question. Is your, is your career goal to be an architect or a CISO? Pretty much like that. So okay. I can figure you want a technical route or maybe leadership management route. And, you know, it's, it's probably 60, 40, 60 want to stay technical, 40 want to go into leadership management roles. And then we just, we, I have a, like a training plan for them. You know, I said, okay, well, if you're engineer one, you're going to get engineer two, three, architect. These are the steps you have to do. And I give them goals. So if you stay with the company three years, you know in three to three years you will be at this level. Nice. Uh, we do certification reimbursement. So, you know, if you go get a cert, we'll reimburse you. We give you online training platform the company pays for. Um, so at least you can go and stay on top of all the latest technology. And that's for a lot of the technical people. Now... Not everyone's gonna gonna hit the mark all the time, and some people say, "Oh, well, I didn't really didn't think it would be that hard to get to be an architect level." Well, it is. Yeah. So this is the plan for you if you want to go that route. Now, for the ones who say, "Well, leadership is my is my my goal. I want to be a CISO or a director or a manager one day." Um, we try our best because we don't have that many leadership roles in the, in in, of course. in security in my company, but. You know, we try to target the ones who have the most potential, and we do succession planning. I mean, I, nice. I'm, I'm a firm believer in succession planning. Um, I won't be here forever, so I want my director to be sharp enough to one day to have this type of role that I'm in. Right. And the manager, the team lead, the senior engineer. So uh, we give them projects, you know, start out with and make those uh, annual goals as well to see how well they can, you know, do that cross-functional team collaboration, you know, meet deadlines, um, understand what the budget looks like and give these, give these uh, future leaders an opportunity to you know, put their toe in there. Because sometimes you put your toe in, you go, whoop, the water's hot. I yeah. think I want to hop back to the other side. I, I kind of like this architect thing after all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, that's what we're doing at my company. I've, I've used that model, my previous company, previous organizations, and it's worked well. You know, identifying at the very beginning, hey, which way do you want to go? I like Technician that. or leader? I like that. And, and you know, it's funny... As you progress in larger organizations, I've seen plenty of architects who ended up being almost more leadership roles than the official yeah. leadership roles, nope. too. Like, you're right. Depends on where you go and what you do. And, and so there's there's a definite gotcha there, I think, sometimes. A lot of folks want to be that pure play architect. And even those folks, I think, need a little bit of leadership training here and there they as, they, as they get higher up in the ranks they of do. architects. Well, right? they, they realize sooner or later that an architect gets a project, and a project is a leader. Yes. Project leader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you catch it either, either way. But... Uh, Sometimes, you know, the, the director, they have more um, accountability at the end of the day than maybe, maybe sometimes architect will. You know, they deliver a service, but that director saying, if I didn't, didn't meet the budget or didn't meet the timeline, 
it's a different different uh, conversation. There are some leadership <laughs> skills necessary for those conversations. Yeah, for sure. definitely, definitely. Well, Fr- Fred, I sure appreciate you coming out. No, I appreciate you having me out. Thanks. All right, thank you, thank you. All righty, thank you for joining us here at the Cyber Ranch Podcast live at CISO XC. Uh, tell my listeners who are you and who are you with? I'm Mickey DeSabato. I am with Booz Allen Hamilton right now, uh, acquired via purchase of TracePoint, which is a digital forensics incident response shop. Yep, I know TracePoint well. A good bunch over there. Uh, so let me let me ask you this. You've done the CISO thing. You've done the VCISO thing. And I'm currently in that same journey myself now. I'm a VCISO with a couple of clients as we speak. Um, to you, what are the big differences, positive and negative, between CISO and VCISO? Well, I think the um, VCISO is a little more on the periphery, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, a lot of our clients are more mid-market yep. sized people, and um, they just don't seem to have the same type of maturity as the larger companies. So um, they trust you, I think, um, wholeheartedly because they, they do need that strategic vision. And yep. um, some of them just literally don't have the you know, expertise and have, haven't been in the security world. Um, the CISO, you know, when you're part of a company, I think that you um, you have more leverage, obviously, because you you're there every day. You create relationships with the other leaders in the company. You build trust with them. Yeah, you know, try to uh, try to explain and, and have them see your perspective, how you are trying to help their initiatives and you know their corporate uh, objectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for me, there's another twist to that tale that that I didn't expect, that I found to be a pleasant surprise. And, and noting that both of my VCSO clients, I've got, I've got enterprise security consulting and some other stuff I'm doing mid-market and enterprise, but my two VCSO, my true fractional CISO roles, are both with startups. And what I realized is, as a CISO multiple times over now, multiple companies, it, as a full-time CISO, there was a dice roll as to whether the company really wanted security or whether the company was checking some boxes, needed somebody in the seat so they could say, yes, we have a CISO, check that box. You know, yeah, he's even got a budget. Here's his $5 a year. You know, whatever it might be, there was, there was, there was a chance that I was running into a checkbox situation versus a, a truly valued and appreciated situation. And I'm batting uh, 1,000 with my VCSO clients. If they're willing to pay for a VCSO to come in and do the thing, that's because they know they need it and they value it, and it's sort of intrinsically there. That's a big difference I noticed. What do you think of that? I think you're lucky. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because obviously I, I have a number of clients, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you kind of see the spectrum between, you know, the company that is really valuing you. <clears throat> For example, I had a client in Houston and they couldn't get enough. Yeah. Right. They brought me in two days a week, flew me in, wanted me on site, worked with their team and their team pushed forward. And then I had another client in uh, Lexington, yep. and it was the exact opposite. It was a battle. You know, they're arguing with me about solutions that they don't know about. Okay. And it, yeah, it was just very difficult to move things forward. So you see the spectrum, and it, it's really, I think it just comes down to the culture of whichever company okay. you're working with. Interesting. Right? Interesting. Well, they so far I'm betting a 1,000 then. I'll, I'll, I'll call that luck, and I'll stick with it. Yeah, and, and maybe you're just a better uh, communicator and negotiator <laughs> with your clients, <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy for you. That's really great. I mean, because the whole point is that you're providing value, and you want your client to be able to see that value and and get things out of what they're paying you for. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Well, Mickey, thanks for joining us here. CISO XC, um, this is number 
three or four. I think it's I think it's four. Yeah, I've been coming to these since the very first one. Yeah. Uh, I stumbled into the first one. I didn't even know the boys yet. I didn't know Cecil and Randy and Jamin. Like I just stumbled into it. Somebody was saying local Dallas scene, you gotta come to this thing. And I was already a LinkedIn presence. I already had a podcast, you know, so people knew me and it, it I just I, I've grown with this community. Like I love this group. Yeah, I, I basically, you know, it was more of a social thing hanging out with you know all of all of those guys um and it turned into really a mountain biking friendship and then all of a sudden they're like hey can you help out you know here and i'm like sure you, you what you let me talk right sure. on i'll go up and talk right on <laughs> yeah you and i were on stage together last year right yeah exactly right on all right well mickey thanks again for coming out absolutely thank you alan howdy y'all alan alford here to tell you about alan alford consulting After being a CISO five times, I decided to launch my own cybersecurity consulting practice. My cybersecurity career has spanned companies ranging from 5 to 50,000 employees, with revenues ranging from 2 million on up to 10 billion. I have worked in the cybersecurity industry itself, telecommunications, manufacturing, education, legal, data services, defense contracting, and for a number of SaaS providers as well. What I can do for your organization is to help you better manage, measure, report on, and more importantly, execute on your cybersecurity program. I have helped clients employ cybersecurity frameworks, conduct maturity assessments, develop board reports, and even to draft comprehensive three-year plans with budget and headcount projection to meet compliance and maturity goals. I can help you with anything from an assessment to comprehensive execution. I also offer retainer packages. Find out more at allenalford.com. That's A-L-L-A-N-A-L-F-O-R-D.com. Well, howdy, and thank you for joining us at our live Cyber Ranch podcast here at CISO XC in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, for my listeners, tell them who you are and who you're with. Yeah, thank you, Alan. My name is Alan also, Alan Espinosa. I'm with Upbound Group, one of the senior leaders in our cybersecurity group, and I'm happy to be on your show. Fantastic. So i got a super simple question for you, one that hopefully <laughs> has a really elegant answer. You're going to have to be articulate, witty, and Uh-oh. wise. It's a lot of pressure, man. It's a lot of pressure. What is the one thing you would change in cybersecurity today? Oof. Okay, that's a big question. Um, there are a lot of things as you can imagine, but you did ask one, so I will yeah. be. We'll keep it to one. Um, so I would love to see more of a focus on the end user, right? Yeah. Being a partner versus being the weakest link. Yes. So. I know that I'll have peers and friends across the industry that will uh, take a offense, I guess, maybe to what I'm saying, or they'll disagree at least. But, you know, I, I keep hearing the end user is the weakest link. They're the weakest link. Yeah. And for me, it's like, we need them badly. We don't, we still, to this day, 2023, we still don't have the technology to stop some of these attacks, like BEC, for example. Right, right. It's a real simple one, right? That, that easily gets past security uh, controls, if you will. Yep. And so what I'm, what I'm saying to folks now is, hey, let's really embrace the end user and let's change the messaging. I know that embracing people are going to say, okay, well, you, you have a security awareness program. Sure, I have one. You know, a lot we of people do. have one, yeah. right? We all have one. But to go beyond just the, the, the program and seeing it as, okay, we're checking a box, you know, in case there's a, an incident, yeah, yeah. right? And we have to show up in court or for some regulator. But instead saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to change our perspective and approach on the end user. And instead of talking to them like they're, you know, um, these, you know, grossly uninformed people that are incapable of helping us and they're the weakest link, as I keep hearing, and oftentimes, yeah. turn that around and say, you know what, you're our greatest asset. I love it. You really are our greatest asset. So let's engage them with that attitude, that position, 
uh, and and encouraged. But I think that people will turn around when they're encouraged, right? Yeah, sure. To want to help. If you tell me I'm the weakest link with something, I'm not, that's pretty discouraging. Right. So that's kind of what I would change, quite honestly, is that perspective, at least one thing. Yeah, I love that. That's a brilliant answer to that question. Well, thank you, Alan, for coming out. And uh, what's your take on CISO XC so far? You having fun? Oh, having fun. Always well done. So shout out to Cecil and his folks. Right on. And to you. Well, thank you, sir. Take care. Take care. Well, howdy, and thank you for coming on down to the live Cyber Ranch recording here at CISO XC. Uh, for my listeners, tell us uh, who you are. Yeah, hi, everyone. My name's Josh Clean. I'm an enterprise solutions architect at Rubric, and uh, excited to be talking to you today, Alan. I love it. Rubric. Uh, tell us a little bit about what Rubric does real quick. Yeah, Rubric helps organizations deal with ransomware and uh, cyber infections by helping organizations secure their data. You know, the data is so critical to organizations, and we're really that last line of defense against data cool. loss. Cool, cool, cool. So you're on the data data side of the house. That's a good place to be. So let me ask you this then. As a vendor, how do you see your role in this whole we're here to fight the bad guys thing? Yeah. You know, it's, it's an interesting question. IT has gotten really good at building walls around data. Yep. Uh, but regardless of the endpoint security or the application security that organizations have built today, uh, data still getting infected. We see it in organizations getting attacked constantly and having to pay ransoms in order to get that data back online. Yep. Rubric has taken a different approach to it. We've gone in and said there are a couple of things that we can do special with data. One, what's the one platform that has global visibility to all the data in your environment? Well, that's the backup system, right? Right. What if we can go in and provide a next generation backup technology that can go in and protect all of your data, regardless of if it's on-premises, in the cloud, in SaaS applications, but then use that backup copy of the data to really begin to run deep data analytics looking for cyber incident type information, looking for ransomware attacks that are happening based on what we're seeing in the data layer. That's a novel approach. And so that's, yeah, that's really what Rubrik is focused on is we initially started out as going in and trying to be the best backup solution we could built for data security, doing things where the data is air-gapped natively in the platform. I love that. Uh, the data is zero trust natively in the platform. All data is encrypted in flight and at rest globally across your hybrid IT infrastructure. But then being able to go in and run the deep analytics, looking for ransomware, looking for sensitive data, being able to uncover information that you may not be looking for just yeah. in your production scans. Self-aware backups. Exactly. I and love doing it. it as a byproduct of that. I love it, man. Well, that's a, good, that's a good way to fight the fight. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on down to the ranch. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great talking to you. All right. Well, howdy, and thank you for doing our live Cyber Ranch podcast here at CISO XC. For my listeners, tell us who you are. Hi, Pat Benoit. I'm Global CISO at Brinks. At Brinks. How yeah. fun is Guns, that? Guns, guards, ammo, and cash. I love it. All the, all the things that make life good. All the things. Yep. All right. So uh, I'm going to ask you a different CISO question uh, that most CISOs don't get asked. I'm not going to ask you what keeps you up at night. I'm going to ask you why you're sleeping well. Oh. Well, I mean, that's a better way to put it, really. We, we should be looking to sleep well. I sleep well mostly because of my team. And, you, you know, we, we always talk about people, process, and technology. The reality is it's the people that makes the world go around for us. And so I make sure that, you know, I, I take care of my team as well as I can so that they can let me sleep well at night. 
you know, I know that they'll handle anything and they'll let me know when they need me to come come get involved. So it's the people that make me sleep well at night. Oh, I love that. Relying on your team, knowing they got your backs, knowing you got their backs. They're probably sleeping because they like you. Oh, I or, hope so. Or, or I hope at least so. They, at but least they think you have your back. Right? Whether they like me or not, I've got their six. Right. That's it. That's exactly what it should be. Well, Pat, I sure appreciate that answer. Sure. That's a great perspective on it. Um, we got to remember at all times this is a team sport. Yep. My pleasure. Anytime. All Take right. Care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, howdy, and thank you for joining us at our live Cyber Ranch podcast here at CISO XC. For my listeners, tell us who you are. Hi, this is Russell Swinney. I'm the uh, uh, CIO CISO for Infrastructure Inc. We provide virtual interim, interim CIO CISO services for companies in trouble and transition. I love that. That's a necessary function in our society. <laughs> yes, there's fires everywhere. Right on. That, yeah, true, true fact there. So let's see here. I got a good question for you. As a leader, you've got a team that reports to you. That team has a choice of working for you or working somewhere else. What is your secret for good staff retention? How do you keep that team on board? Right. Well, the most important thing in cybersecurity is no one of us knows enough. Yes. So alone we sink, and uh, that's why these conferences are so great, uh, peering with each other, who to call in, at, at times of difficulty. Um, and on your team, you need to build those people up with you, right, because it's you know the best the best reason to invest in your team is that way you don't get woken up at night they yes. have the training and the skills and they know what to do and they know that they can take certain actions that they don't need approval for right you give them plenty of plenty of run room um, and eventually they're you know they're running this the show the reason they want to work for me is because I want to invest in them I want to make yeah. them better whether it's conferences training uh, you know lunch and learns bringing in all the vendors that have ever even thought about working with us having them come in, buy everybody lunch, do a lunch and learn, and, and help us all leg up and learn more as we go. It's fascinating. I just love to, to watch, especially young people coming into the organization, watch them get a handle on, oh, this is how that works. Or, or you know, even better. So this is really just about politics, not the technically correct solution. Yeah, you know, it's, it's terrible, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Life lessons, learning lessons. Working your way through the hierarchy and the ranks, but always with support from above, always with, um, you know, freedom to move, um, right. freedom to act. Right. And what do, you do when, what do you do when somebody screws up? What's your method there? Well, we all do, right? I yeah. mean, I, I do what I want people to do to me when I screw up. First, got to let me know. Yeah. Right? And just be honest with me. Hey, this, this didn't go the way it's supposed to. Maybe it was on me. I didn't train them enough. Right. Maybe they just dropped the ball entirely. Maybe something's going on in their life. I don't know. But, um, you know, we're all going to do that. Yeah. And having a team together, you got to walk through the difficult times as well. So it's a learning opportunity, not just for that person, but for other people. Yeah. Right? Um, it's, it's, I love getting involved in people's, um, not just their career pro- progression, but just, hey, where are you in life? Did you just have a baby this, this week and that's why you're not sleeping and maybe you right. screwed up? I'll give you a day off. You know? Right, right. Because <laughs> you're important to me. You know, you're valuable because if you do your job well, I, my job is, is easy. I love that. Yeah. And I guess most important thing, I want to invest in people so they can take over for me. Right? Ne- the next generation is going to be running this world very soon. Yes. And I'd like it to be people that I, I've um, educated and trained up and invested in. I love that. Well, Russell, thanks so much for coming on down to the ranch. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Howdy. Welcome to our live Cyber Ranch podcast here at CISO XC. For my listeners, why don't you tell us who you are? Hi, I am Richard Weiss. I am the CISO over at Axon Care Inc. All right, I got a question for you, Richard. What are the most unusual, non-traditional cyber skills 
you have on your team? So cyber skill wise, um, I, I would say outside of cyber for a moment, one of our biggest non-traditional skills, I would say, are soft skills. Okay. Um, the ability to communicate effectively, the ability to work as a team, um, I think fit within the team is one of the most important things I look for mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, we are going to be working very closely together yeah. and we have to ensure that we we are working well together as one cohesive unit. I love that. I love that. So what other skills besides soft skills have you seen that have, that have worked that aren't kind of, you know, we, we, we don't think of them as cyber skills per se and yet there we are using them for cyber. It's, it's thinking of things from a 360 point of view, yeah. right? So not just a one directional, you see a problem and how do you fix it? It's people who can take that five steps further. Of, okay, I fixed the problem. How do I prevent it from happening again? Why did it happen in the first place? How do we effectively put measures in place? So I think somebody who could take a problem and see it through, I think that's one of the key skills that I look for as well. Oh, that's fantastic. And that's a skill set you can get from all kinds of disciplines. Mm -hmm. You don't just have to be a cyber person to pull that one off. You don't. And the good part is that's a you could teach that as well, yeah. right? That's not necessarily a skill you have to be born with. Yeah, That's yeah. something that we, we work on closely with our team. That's to something you can instill in everyone on the team. Absolutely. I love that. Well, Richard, thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch, and thank you for chatting with us. Thank you. All right. Howdy, and thank you for joining us here live at the Cyber Ranch Podcast, live at CISO XC. Uh, for my listeners, tell us who you are. Alan, first off, thanks for having me. Um, Sam Baxter, and I'm the CISO at AppSpace. I love it, AppSpace. All right, I got a question for you. Mr. CISO at AppSpace, what is your favorite source or sources, plural is fine, for staying up to date in this industry? Sure, sources, I would say um, US search for sure, CISA, uh -huh. um, FBI, cyber crimes as well. And then what we also look at as part of that trend and really looking at our threat landscape, we yep. look at APT notifications, UNC alerts, and really try and map that to our threat landscape and okay. how that feeds into our vulnerability management program. All right, so you got open source threat feeds is what you're talking about? Yeah, the, open, the yeah open source threat feeds, threat intel feeds that ingest into our SIM, and then yep. as we ingest into our SIM, we look at those as to how those apply uh, to our threat landscape. That's fantastic. So I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think it's effective enough to use that all that freely available stuff because personally I do. Right. I've got I've got plenty of buddies that that's all they use and they don't do the paid services. Right. You in agreement with that one? I think that the paid services work, but it's got to apply to the industry you're in, right? So if it's um, HIPAA or pharmaceutical, right, and it really doesn't apply to your industry, we're yeah. really a SaaS-based organization. So yeah, those cloud threats are really what we look at. Is and we find that we get sufficient information from US Cert and the uh, OpenTel environment, the uh, OSINT type information. So those uh, intel intelligence data and threat intel feeds. Uh, today we get a sufficient level of information. Yeah, and uh, oh, I was just going to say. Descriptions. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just going to say, this reminds me of the ISACs when we talk about it being industry specific, that yep. you're going to get plenty of stuff through your ISAC as well, right? Yeah, and what we try to do is really filter out the noise, right? So right. when we get that threat intel feed, we really look at it and say, you know, it doesn't really apply to us. Um, so that our stuff isn't overburdened with too much noise. Yep, that is one heck of a gong in the background. It sure is. <laughs> All right. Anything else for my listeners? Anything else you want to say? Just you've, you've got an audience of CISOs that are listening to this podcast and, and other practitioners as well, a handful of vendors. I think the CISO XC conference that occurs in Dallas twice, three times a year, it's a great conference. So uh, for all CISOs out there, coming out. 
it's um, a great place to network and uh, meet fellow individuals like us. Uh, full agreement there. I love CISO XC to death. I've been to every single one since they started. Thanks a lot for having me, Alan. I really do appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Sam. Cheers. Well, howdy, and thank you so much for joining us here live at our CISO XC Cyber Ranch experience. Tell us, uh, for my listeners, who are you? Hey, everyone. This is Michael Anderson. I serve as Deputy CTO and CISO for Dallas Independent School District. And you also have a podcast called? Your Thought Life Mindset Podcast. And you guys should listen and check that show out. I'm a fan. So, uh, Michael, i got a question for you, man. Okay. Outside of the security space, there are inspirations to be had everywhere. Yes. What is the one that inspires you the most, that has helped you the most in cybersecurity? So something that isn't a cybersecurity phenomenon, thing, thought, feeling, that has inspired you the most in cybersecurity? I went to a Tony Robbins uh, seminar about two months ago. Okay. Maybe it was three months ago. And in that seminar, one of the things that Tony was talking about is becoming your best friend. Okay. And I'd never really thought about becoming my own best friend because, like, I talk a lot of crap to me sometimes. Uh -huh. I feel like I'm, uh, from time to time, probably my worst critic. And this idea of me loving me just seemed really strange, forward, and darn right weird. Yeah, I get it. But as I started to practice this over the last three or four months, what I've come to understand is I'm tearing down barriers in my subconscious that have been there since birth. Many of these things, and this is the most profound component of what I'm going to share is that these things were acting as hindrances for me taking larger steps in my career okay larger steps in my personal life with my spouse and family and even would slow some of the personal branding for my own business and I just thought wow it's amazing how just being your best friend, talking to yourself differently, loving on yourself could release or allow me to let go of so many feelings and attitudes and behaviors and patterns that weren't serving me in exchange for just the opposite. The I can't do it, the I'm going to fail, the exactly. who am I to deserve exactly. this, I'm not that. enough, I'm not good enough, that whole comparative thing. When you love yourself, you don't talk to yourself like that. You don't. You know, and the comparative thing was something I did a lot. I would look at other people about my age and I would go, well, they're here. Why am I not there? I must not be this. I must not have that skill set. When in fact, they're on a different track. Yeah. And when I started looking at it that way and I took all of the comparisons out and I took out all of the uh, automatic negative thoughts and I took out all of the patterns that I found myself cyclically a part of and just said, enough is enough. On this day, I'm not doing that anymore. I stuck to it, it was hard, but I'm, I'm coming out the other side 
and I feel almost limitless. Man, that is fantastic. That is inspirational. Yeah. That is, uh, that's going to be, I'm going to end the show with this one, man. Awesome. This awesome. is perfect. Michael, thank you so much for coming on Down to the Ranch, and thank you for sharing that. That was deep, and that was real. Awesome. Happy to be a part of the show. All right. Thank you for what you're doing for the community. I appreciate you too, man. Thank awesome. you. And that's a wrap on this live show. I hope you all enjoyed it. Y'all be good now.